Hey, what's happening, Woodward Camp? Uh, we got another awesome podcast ready for you. We have a very special guest, Kyle Carlson. Let's just get this thing started. Kyle, thanks for coming on. How I'm you been? Kyle, the guy that does BMX stuff, not the, the model with his shirt off. Like, if you Google my name, there's some, some scantily clad gentlemen with better physiques than I have, but that's not me. Thank you for clarifying that. You should have just left it alone so people would have thought that you're both. I feel like, like he's worked hard to have that body. And I owe it to him to, to separate us. I'm a way cooler guy. Like his ab muscles can't speak. Maybe he's just a really good looking guy and he's in the BMX as well. You could have stole it and no one would have really complained, I feel. But either way, uh, why don't you give these people a little bit of idea? I mean, I know you just said Vital BMX, which is you're a big is basically you. I believe I you're said a big BMX. Part of that. I don't think I said Vital BMX. Uh, well, we can rewind. I mean, that's we're, we're, <laughs> we're in the 20th, 21st century, so I think we have the technology to be able to rewind. But either way, why don't you give these people a little idea of who you are? Uh, I'm just a really cool dude that does cool things. I will, I will attest but to that. I guess if you want to buckle down to what keeps the lights on, uh, I run Vital BMX, the website. Been doing that for 10 years or so. Um, pretty much a one-man show over there, as well as thinking on a handful of other projects, just a lot of photos videos text you know stuff like that that uh media in the bmx realm as well as a little bit of event organization and you know anybody that works within bmx or skateboarding or anything similar i'm sure can attest to uh you kind of got to do everything if you're going to do it for a living you can't really uh be like guess what i do i judge contests yeah, it's hard would, to pigeonhole would you, yourself would you, would you like to see my brand new car and home like it's you got to do a lot of things so i kind of fall into doing a lot of things now, what got you into starting at Vital? And were you always filming already? Like, is that something that you did previously and you just kind of fell into the Vital thing? Or did you kind of aspire? Was, were you looking to do something along these lines, being involved with the, the industry like this? Well, it was always a goal of mine to have a Ferrari. And I figured this would be like the fastest, most realistic path to get a Ferrari. This was your get rich slow scheme. Yeah. And then I kind of realized, wait a second, the decimal point was in a different place. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate part when people start to start to save up for a Ferrari is uh, finding out where the decimal point is and where they are at. And apparently they're not that great of an investment. So apparently not. Um, I grew up riding BMX like most people do, and my friends were good at it and I wasn't, and uh, that sucked. But that's just life, you know. Some of us are good looking like myself, and some of us are good at bikes like a, uh, you know, Ryan Gutler. You know, both. Valid points. I, I appreciate both of those things. So, I mean, but, were you were you filming back then? Like, is that kind of what got so you in this direction anyway? I have a buddy, um, my buddy Balaj Moldovan from Hungary. He came to the United States when we were in, I think, the first year of high school. And uh, he was a really good rider. And he, uh, his family was pretty broke. They immigrated over here and were just kind of doing whatever they could to get by. And he was super, super, super talented, like, for the time, you know, especially in my area, growing up in like a suburb of Las Vegas, he was by far the best dude within our age group, and he was a good buddy of mine. And so kind of the goal was like, we got to get this kid sponsored. Like, he can't buy stuff, and he's legit badass. And for his age and the era, he was badass. Like, legitimately a really talented guy. Can I say badass? If we have to bleep it, we can. But I think because it's Woodward Camp, we're going to try to refrain if we can help it. I okay. can go back and edit. If ass is one, you can need. say ass on TV. Well, then let's say you can use it. And if for some reason management has a problem with it, I'll go back and, and bleep it. I could just start that whole thing over again without saying ass. 
I don't really feel like editing this, so I think you're just going to have to stick with what you have. Okay, well. I think we'll be fine. So he was broke. He'd break his bike. He wouldn't have money for a new one. You know, would piece our stuff together, but none of us had a ton of stuff. And uh, his dad had like a a, a pretty, uh, even for the time, outdated video camera. And we were like, it was the era of let's try to send sponsorships places. Let's try to send sponsorship tapes places. So we filmed quite a bit. That was kind of when I first started picking up a video camera and uh, put some stuff together. I mean, he never really got sponsored out of it or anything, but it was kind of the intro to filming. And from there, I, you know, I kind of found a bit of a niche because I had a lot of friends that rode and were getting better and nobody was really documenting it with photos or videos and stuff. And I was into that sort of stuff. And, you know, it kind of gave me a place to exist. It didn't involve having to be constantly, you know, doing good at a sport I'm just not good at. You know, so it, it got a lot crazier than there, but those were kind of the early roots. And then from there, it was kind of, you know, a couple jobs here and there and whatnot. And then the world changes and the Internet starts to exist and there's outlets to do things. I mean, it was never, ever, ever about money or a job. It was something like I remember one summer or, or there was like a year or so I worked at a Best Buy in the camera department and uh, saved up money. And there was like a summer and I quit my job before summer and I had. I saved up a bunch of money and by a bunch, I mean, maybe a couple thousand bucks and was like, all right, I don't have to work this summer. I'm just going to try to do fun stuff. But it was never like, I'm going to try to find a way to make money doing stuff. It was more just like, I have this money. Let's go on trips. And by trips, I mean from Las Vegas to Salt Lake city and Las Vegas to Southern California. So I mean, five hour drives, nothing crazy. And, uh, somewhere along that line, I got a couple gigs that actually ended up getting some money out of. So from there, I never really had to work a real job again. Granted, I was uh, living at my parents' house and didn't exactly have an astronomical amount of, of bills or debt or anything. You know, it was pretty much like pay for food and existence and stuff. So, but that was kind of it. You know, it was never really on purpose and it just kind of snowballed from there, ups and downs and parties and bad times, you know? Good well, I think times. I think that's what makes it that much more special is being from an organic background where it just kind of works as opposed to the people that set out to make money and they're in it for the money and, and that kind of thing. Well, you I definitely mean, see those people crash and burn on those. The, uh, the bread and butter of what I do for a living for the longest time through Vital, that job didn't exist when I was growing up. Right. So it, it was hard to aspire to do something that didn't exist when you didn't know it existed, you know? Fair enough. So, But that's, you know, with the internet existing and whatnot, it has opened up a lot of different opportunities and a lot of different ways for more people to get a piece of the pie. You know, there's more possibilities out there, but... Ups and downs, you know, love-hate relationship with the internet, but it's not going anywhere, so we might as well enjoy it. Might as well embrace it. Yeah, What do you? so what do you feel? It's, it's, that being said, with the, the whole internet thing and everyone getting a piece of the pie, how do you feel about all these people, whether they're professionals beforehand or otherwise, making, making the kind of money that they do just by having a, a, not necessarily a podcast, but a YouTube channel or whatever, and people are actually able to make really great livings by just filming their everyday activities and their routines. How do you feel about that? I mean, it's fantastic for the ones that make it, but I also feel like it's a, it gives a lot of BMX guys kind of a false sense of reality where everybody thinks they can do this. And realistically, you can count on one hand how many guys are making six figures in BMX off their YouTube channels. So, you know, and there's kind of, with the YouTube thing, there's not really much in between. Like, I don't think there's many guys out there that make $30,000 a year off YouTube. I think it's a lot of guys that make $0 or a lot of guys that make a couple hundred thousand. You know, so yeah, that's one outlet, but I don't really think, you know, not to say you, you can do whatever you want to set your mind to and figure it out and whatnot, but it's just, there's no set formula to it and it's no guarantee. And I see a lot of guys put a lot, a lot of effort into it and they just don't have it, 
you know i see i've seen some pros do it that are just incredible riders and i'm like just ride dude like right this isn't you like for people that are good at it like and embrace it and really enjoy it it's awesome but for people it's not for like i don't think it can be forced you can you can almost tell when it is forced though sometimes when you're watching them you can tell that they don't have that personality it doesn't come through correctly you can just see that they're they're act they're overacting almost a little well, bit i'll give i'll give one example here um nick bruce tried to do it and did a terrible job like awful like it was disgustingly bad and Nick's awesome. Like Nick Nick's is awesome. One of the best bike riders in the world, hands down. Could win any event ever. Today, he's absolutely one. I think he's ranked number one in the UCI rankings right now. He's incredible. And he kept trying to do this and putting in so much time and effort. And like people just weren't catching on. Nothing was getting good amounts of views. I mean, he'd have his people here and there that watched him and liked him, but it definitely wasn't anything substantial. And I was talking to him, and basically my take on it was, look, man, every hour you spend doing this, you're not spending training or doing something else, and you're not winning everything. You know what I mean? Like you, you, we we're only given a certain amount of time each day or whatever. And you know, however you divide it, that's, you know, that's your choice and you should use your time wisely. If you need X amount of time to sleep, you want to relax a certain amount of time. It's cool, but I think everything needs to have a purpose. And when I see a guy as talented as Nick and he's like literally putting in like three or four hours a day filming these goofy videos and trying to put them out and nobody cares. I'm like, dude, this is like, if anything, lowering your value. Right. Like, just be this be this awesome dude that rides really good, this handsome buff dude that kills it on his bike. Like, he's so marketable and such a good, nice guy. It's like, this isn't for you. And then he moved away from that and now he's uh, winning contests. Yeah, fair enough. He is, <laughs> he is an incredible I didn't, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to totally, like, bash Nick there because Nick is incredibly talented. I think I just wanted to use him as an example as somebody who's like, so good at bike riding and that just wasn't for him right he you know he has his niche and he tried to go outside of it which i will still give him credit for I no absolutely matter how respect that yeah no matter how bad it may or may not have been like i still give him credit for trying it like i feel that's that's where you learn learn your your value that's where you learn what you're good and maybe not so good at is just by trying things because i i'm all, i'm definitely an advocate of just trying new things whether i'm whether i'm good or not at it, i just enjoy Trying something new, experiencing new things. And, you know, one thing that's kind of crazy about the world today, especially with the internet and these different ways of making money, there's more and more and more and more jobs, desirable jobs, with no uh, no defined path to get there. You know, uh, whereas if you want to be a doctor, you go to this school, then this school, then this school, then this internship, and then you're a doctor. You know, you want to be a, an airline pilot, you know, you, you get your hours in, you start flying or whatever, you, you take some college courses, you get on with a smaller airline, you work your way up and fast forward 10, 15 years, you're flying a 787 to Beijing, you know, but in, in so many of these point A to point B isn't defined, you know, and whether that's being a pro rider or doing the thing through YouTube, any of these things, it's just, it's everybody's path is different and that makes it more rewarding, but also more complicated, you know, so you're talking Absolutely. about talking about knowing your worth and whatnot. It's like, I think we all have so many trials and errors and uh, you kind of have to, but it's just so difficult. There's no set way. Like the guys that are successful doing the YouTube thing, like they all follow a bit of a different path. You know, there's, there's no easy way. Like if you do all this stuff, if you put in this many hours and this much time and try your hardest, you will get blank. That's, there's no guarantee like that. And you know, it's, it's the beauty of it, but it's also, you know, somewhat detrimental. It's difficult. Absolutely. Well, I think you can attest to that that factor and that background, that lifestyle as much as anybody because you travel the world and film and are, you, have, you have your finger on the pulse of BMX, like more than anybody, I would say. I mean, did you feel any sort of pressure sometimes when you're out there filming 
web edits for for vital like you're out there filming you're you're schmoozing you're talking to people you're just meeting new kids new talent all around the world do you ever feel like some sort of pressure uh by what you post like do you ever find yourself when you're editing these videos that maybe i should put this kid in because this even just having one clip in a video will could make it for him or, or turn things around you know it's something that i definitely stressed a lot more when i was younger and now it's just like i kind of just do what i feel like i think if something's not real it's just never gonna work right you know, there's got it there's obviously a balance you have to take things very seriously you have to stick to a schedule you have to continuously have the workflow moving but i think as far as as that goes you know, it's, it's kind of got to be real. Like if somebody might have their big break because of a clip in a video, I would imagine I couldn't make the video without that clip. You know, it couldn't be a total handout. It's, it's a, it's a, they would have earned it by that point. I, I would think so, you know, and it's, it's hard to say, and you, you can't make everybody happy. And I've certainly had numerous guys mad at me over the years, but I mean, I, it's so hard, but I don't know. As far as pressure goes, it's like, you can only do what you can do. That's right. You know? Yeah. That's the one thing when I talk about point A to point B not being defined, the one common ingredient to all that is hard work. Yeah. Like hard work. You know, like any of these guys that are successful in, in YouTube, even if I don't particularly like their content or whatever, if they're uploading five plus times a week, that's like, impressive. Those dudes are putting in work. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think no matter what you do, whether it's traditional or it's getting, you know, finding a way to make a living through one of these sports or a YouTube outlet, like the constant thing is you got to work hard, man. If you don't work hard, you're not going to make it in anything. I think that's what makes thing, things so easy to to confuse when people watch these YouTube videos and see these people out there being goofy. And they just see that and these people are successful or popular or whatever. Yeah. And they just they don't see the background. They don't see how much work goes into, yeah, okay, it might have taken us two hours to go out and film this goofy video. But now I have to go home and edit for three or four hours or whatever yeah. it is and then upload it and do all that stuff. Like there's a lot of work that goes into it as opposed to just going to the store and being silly in between. It's, there's so much more to it. You know, and, and I, I think a lot of these guys, when they get to a certain point, they can hire somebody on to do the editing and stuff. But if you're going to pay somebody a, a somewhat livable wage to do your editing, you need to be making at least double that, you know, right. like generally more. So it's difficult, man. Like anything else, it's just, Hard, hard work, and I think a lot of these successful YouTube channels is an accumulation of a lot of different people's hard work and ideas. Right, and know? it's not even just the work they put into it. Like, you actually have to think of content. Like, you can't just go out there and wing it every day and be able to put out five videos a week. Yeah. You can't just wing it. You have to sit and think, and all right, what are we going to do next? Like, that's why I kind of commend Scotty and his guys that are yeah. on his crew because they're always come up with new interesting things to watch i mean Scott, admittedly i, I, I don't think, watch a lot of them but yeah i think scotty's a great example of of scotty does this youtube <laughs> stuff and he's really into it and happens to make a lot of money doing it but he didn't always and it's legitimately like it's organic like he they have fun they all hang out it's the the crew that's always been there and i know when he started this like not a whole lot has changed like i know money is definitely a factor now but like Scotty genuinely really likes it. Scotty wants to be the guy editing the video. Scotty wants to be as involved as possible. And same with, with Big Boy and with Maddie. You know, all these guys are genuinely into it. Whereas Daniel Dares tries to do a YouTube thing and just wants to exist and have somebody else edit it and doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like, like the guys that are actually into this, like are really, really, really into it. You can tell when it's genuine. Yeah, 100%, you know? And it's like, and I don't, I don't fault anybody for trying because you never know, man. If you could do this, and it was just a blip in your brain and 45 minutes a day and it would work. 
it's probably happened before. There's probably somebody that has that, but you know, no, no shame in trying, but don't plan on that working out. You know, it's a lot farther and further between those people that as opposed to the people that are putting in the hard work and things like that. And that's across the board. Yeah. Hard work, hard work pays off. It's not a saying, and, you for know, and, and going back to like, back to a guy like Daniel, like Daniel puts in his hard work riding BMX and he still wins contest and has had one of the longest careers of everybody in the sport. Like that's where his hard work is. That's where his heart is. That's where his mind is. And I, man, it's, you get one, maybe two of those things. We don't have enough time to have, I'm really passionate about seven things and I'm really good at all of them. You know, we, we're very limited as far as what we actually have time to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's only so many hours in the day, but 20, I 20, 24, 24. Is that what it is now? I believe so. Okay. Well, that's good to know. All right. I'll keep that. I'll keep, take a note. But yeah, I mean, Daniel, I feel is one of those people that not say, I don't know how long, how much longer his career is going to be. No one knows how long our career is going to be. No one ho- knows how long we're going to be able to to last for but daniel's definitely one of those people that's trying to maybe not necessarily with the youtube thing but with his skate park down in raleigh he's definitely looking for that next adventure well you know the thing the thing with daniel is and i'm guilty of it as well people talk to him about retirement because he's one of the older guys out there but if you look at his results throughout the past couple years and i'm not talking about the random little local contest he goes to but talking like uci contests which are kind of his bread and butter he's in every final he won the overall last year. He literally, in these the biggest, most progressive contest series in the world, he won the overall title last year. He's the world champion. So to sit back and act like he need, he's on his way out or anything is just completely ignorant. And you know, and he's he's a, a born competitor and he has the psychology. I think that's his strength, really, is psychology. He knows how to plan a run. He knows where to do what. And uh, and these these guys are learning crazier and crazier tricks than he does, but he can do a run better than them. Right. You know, they'll hit the box jump twice and do their bangers and they're kind of cruising. Like Daniel's doing a trick 100% of the time. He's tricking everything. He's all over the course. And uh, I don't know how I got off on this tangent. Maybe I felt bad for insulting his YouTube channel. But uh, but no, no, no. But Daniel, I don't think he'd fault you for anything. Yeah, no, he'd probably try to play it off. Like, oh, it, it failed because of somebody else. I'm great. But uh, but no, no, no. Like, in all honesty, like, like I don't know how I got off, got off on the rant, but he's he, he could he could do this for 10 more years. Easily. I honestly think he could. Does he want to? I don't know. But I think when he does walk away, it's going to be because he wants to. I don't think it's going to be face down and embarrassed. Right. Absolutely not. Well, I feel he's got 10 more years. I don't know exactly how old. I want to say he's 33. I believe he's 32. 32. Okay. Well, I mean. Possibly 33. Jamie's 45 or maybe just turned 46, if I'm not mistaken. I thought he was 58. 58-ish. Okay. We'll say 58-ish. Uh, but he's still winning every contest, so I don't see it being completely ridiculous Vert, that Daniel Vert, could be. Vert isn't nearly. Vert is it's different. It's not as obviously. progressive. It's not as progressive, and there's not as many guys out for your uh, your spot as there is in park. F- fair enough. But 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 you're totally right, though. And Jamie puts in work, and he he works out. And Daniel's been hitting the gym a lot more lately than he has in years past. He's been taking it a little more seriously. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, he has a lot to show for it. You know, and he's consistent. Consistency Absolutely. is key, man. So many of these new guys aren't consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's. We're here at Woodward, so we're using the studios. So let's at least talk a little bit about Woodward. What brought you out here? What are you here for? Uh, trying to find a wife. Trying to find a wife in the Amish country. Yep. So oh. far, so far, not so good. <laughs> <laughs> trying to hit up the Amish during Rumspringer. Uh, I'm out out here. I, I shot a couple how tos with Anthony Napolitan for a, a Maxis Vital BMX collab video, videos, and uh, then there's the Vans BMX Pro Cup event that's going down the qualifier going down tomorrow, which will hopefully uh, not get rained out. So I'm out here for that, but, uh, you know, I've been to camp numerous times, numerous Woodwards and whatnot, so I've always had a great relationship with uh, 
the Woodward family, and they've always been really great and generous to me, and I think it's a great thing they do for not just BMX but every sport. Now, I know a lot of people are coming in for the Vans contest. Have you been able mm-hmm. to note, have you noticed anybody that's really stood out so far? Anybody, I mean, not say, not asking you to guess who's going to win or podium, but is there anybody that stood out for you personally? You know, I caught one session on, on the concrete. Um, from what I saw, obviously, local boy Jay Dalton is always a, a treat to watch. Um, Ronnie Napolitan won this event last year, and I know Ronnie isn't as active in BMX as he once was, but, man, he's still so talented. Ronnie can still do whatever he wants. Um, aside from that, you know, I saw Van Homan's name on the list, you know. That's going to be exciting. Which is like, it doesn't matter what he does or how good he does. Just watching Van ride is always such a treat. Um, but as a whole, you know, if I had to pick a winner right now, um, I guess I'd always have to go Jay Dalton, but I pick him for every contest and he doesn't do that well at contests. He kind of, I just, it's not his cup of tea, you know, but, uh, he's pretty incredible. Um, Clint Reynolds is out here. Always a pleasure to watch Clint ride some concrete, you know, and, uh, Alex Cazares. I don't know if you know him, I'm buddy, not. buddy of mine from San Diego. I didn't even know he was going to be out here. Uh, super steezy dude. Really, really, really great rider. Brendan Workus, another San Diego guy. So we got some of the, uh, the home team guys out here that I, Awesome. I don't know if you know Brendan, but he just won Chase Hawks born and raised contest in San Diego. Oh, is that right? Yeah, at uh, Lakeside Skate Park. So he's technically on a roll right now. He's Very won, cool. won 100% of the contest he's ridden in the past month, I think. So. Fantastic. That's got to say something. That's awesome. I'm excited to see this contest tomorrow. I'm really hoping that the weather is nice to us. I hope Mother Nature is, uh, is kind to us tomorrow. The beautiful thing about Woodward Camp is if the weather isn't nice, there's so many amazing indoor places. Well, we're going to make this contest work one way or another. One way or another. I don't know what it's going to be. I absolutely have to leave Friday morning, so I hope they don't push it. But if they do, I completely understand. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's all it's all good. You know, it's going to be good. Very cool. Optimistic, you know. But uh, now that we're talking about Woodward, I'm going to turn the tables on you. Uh-oh. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. What, uh... What Woodward facilities have you been to? Have you been to... I've been here to Woodward East is where we are at currently, and uh, I've been to Woodward West, and that's uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the extent of my Woodward uh, adventures. Okay. What do you think of them? What's... Uh, I love them. I actually, I take that back. I did go to Lake Owen before, uh, before that closed down up in Wisconsin. Yep. Uh, my favorite, just because this is the one I've been coming to almost my whole life, is Woodward East. Of course. Uh, so obviously I hold that in high regards. But West is awesome. They both have their pros and cons, just like just like anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but I like Woodward East, maybe just because I'm comfortable. It's home to me. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the same. People that are from out West are more comfortable there, so that's home to them. So I think it's just... It's all relative, but I think this would probably be my favorite personally. But I do enjoy visiting the other facilities as well. I don't think there's... I don't, I don't think anyone would turned down going to a Woodward if they were able to, but I just haven't had a chance to go to some well, of the other ones. There's a lot of pretty dumb people in the world. Well, fair enough, fair enough, but I'd like to think that I'm not one of them, and maybe I am. Who knows? Maybe you want a little bit of that, you know, just to keep things interesting. Yeah, I think that would be more exciting if we were, but um, just to get back to it, maybe not necessarily on a Woodward aspect, but uh, what, this is a conversation I had with somebody else the other day, and I would like to get your take on it, um, just because you are in, involved at Vital BMX, which is edit web edits and bike edits and that kind of thing basically uh short sections short videos more or less what is your take on doing an edit as opposed to back in the day when people would work hard for a video part or like a dvd or i mean even going farther back a vhs like just an actual section what do you i use the term full length just to address all those yeah fair enough um i can answer this in two ways and i'll give you both of them uh, as a fan, as a BMX fan, um, 
man, I love full length videos. Like there's nothing quite like it. You know, just guys putting in that much work, collecting their best riding over such a long period of time. Like you look at somebody riding a session and they kill it and do so much incredible stuff. Just imagine taking the best of the best over a year or so. Right. There's nothing like it. Like I remember getting Etnies forward as a kid and when Square One Wide Awake Nightmare came out, those were just like game changers for us. You know, Absolutely. we watched them over and over and over and it was just those guys were icons, you know, and there's guys that were in that video. Like I remember like in Square One, like I had no clue that Mike Sesney wasn't like a huge pro. You know, I, I ran into him and Mike Aiken one day and it was obviously Aiken was was the god but i was just almost equally enamored with the fact that mike sesney was there and like right. i had no clue that this is a dude that has a job <laughs> you know he's full-time not, job not, not a paid pro rider like no and, but you know so the, they hold a special part to me and, and play a huge role in bmx and i'm happy that a lot of them not a lot but some of them still continue to exist but i understand that the trouble so the other way to answer this is business wise when you're the guy spending the money it's it's complicated because you can do this gigantic project and it's not necessarily going to get in front of that many more eyeballs than a video we film in a weekend or a session, you know? So if you have, you know, if, if I have $20,000 to spend in one year doing BMX projects, we could do one banger or we could do, you know, 10 awesome videos, really good videos. It wouldn't be the iconic piece that was there, but then you factor in how many eyeballs these are going to get in front of and whatnot. And if you have the right rider and the right guys behind the cameras and whatnot, you're going to make something enjoyable that people will watch again and again. So it, it's really hard to say business wise. If it was my money, I'd have a really hard time justifying doing a full length video right now. But for the, the soul of the sport, I absolutely love it. I'm glad like Colt has a new one in the works. Um, really looking forward to that. The kink guys are starting something new. There's, there's still a lot of things moving forward. And I, I definitely commend those guys that are that are putting up that money and whatnot because these are smart dudes. These these guys are much smarter than I am, and they're saying, "Hey, we're gonna do this," you know. And I'm sitting here saying I couldn't justify it with my money. So these guys are are, are doing doing a, a great service for BMX and you know keeping keeping the spirit alive. Very cool. I mean, there's a lot to be said about going above and beyond and doing the the full length videos. Which again, I mean, I I obviously uh, relate to you as far as being a fan. I do appreciate the full length video, but I feel a lot has kind of been lost because back in the day I'd watch a VHS or I keep going to VHS cause that's what I grew up with kids. <laughs> sorry. But uh, DVD, whatever it was, if you even remember those, but I remember watching sections over and over and over and over and over. And once web edits kind of became more popular and became a thing, it's, it's rare that I would watch the same web edit multiple times. It's, it's, I'm hard pressed to go back and watch the same edit multiple times, I think, no matter how but, good but it I, is. But I think another factor there isn't just because it's a web video. I think it's because there's so many. There's so like many. Like if one of VHS, as you keep saying, came out, if 20 of them came out that day, you well, probably wouldn't rewatch any of them. Yeah, You'd have be new hard, content yeah. every time. So it's there's, there's other factors that go into that. The world's just a different place, man. And it's not just in BMX. It's content in general. You well, know, that's probably what it is. The, the internet is just easier to upload, for everyone to upload their content. So there is so much more, whereas opposed to the DVDs coming out back in the day, they're... Not everyone is coming out with a DVD that regularly. There's so, so that much could great content point. out there for free. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, for free, that's advertising supported, and that's that's huge, and it's it's wonderful. But at the same time, it's it's just it's different, man. Everything's different, and I mean, I guess that's the nature of the world. Things evolve over time, and things change for better or worse. Yeah. And there's a lot of things about social media and modern day media that I don't like, but at the same time, I wouldn't turn it back if I had the option because with all these outlets and all this content out there, not just BMX, but in every aspect of life. Like I thoroughly enjoy having access to all this stuff. 
Right. Absolutely. No, it's it makes it a lot more convenient. But I I'm I'm old school, and I I'm very much of the mindset at what cost is convenience for us. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, this is nice, but I kind of like it the old school way. I kind of like having to work for this a little bit more. I kind of have and and I kind of am putting this in the same category. I'm kind of pigeonholing this whole topic, but um, and maybe I, I'm just, maybe it's just because I'm old. Maybe yeah. that's all it is. You know, and there's just you know, so, still something out there for everybody. You know, you have Issa Bacos is still doing Endless Magazine, which is awesome. And Issa is a super talented, awesome guy. There, you know, and there's guys doing full lengths. And there's stuff out there. It's a bit more niche but it's it's still there. You know, yeah. if that's what you need, you know, realistically this year, there's probably almost as many full lengths coming out as there were in 2003. That's true. It just seems like there's not that many because every day there's... Web videos. We're overrun with web videos. And so, not maybe not overrun. Maybe that's a bad way to put it. But, yeah, there's a lot more. So it seems longer in between the full-length videos. But as a whole, man, just more bike riding out there is a good thing. Agreed. Get on a bike. Have fun. If, if you're into filming and putting stuff out, do it. You have that option now. You don't need a crazy camera. You don't need a professional filmer whatever. We all carry phones in our pockets now. Like, that's fine. This is better than the cameras I was spending a lot of money on when I was 18 years old, you know? Like, it's it's... It's easy. It's harder to to do something big with it, but it's easier to just kind of get things rolling, and that's huge. Right. Even just getting started is the hardest. When getting started really is the hardest part sometimes. So even just a lot of a lot of these kids are filming full sections with their iPhones or their yep. camera or their their phones, which yep. is incredible. I, and again, not to kind of go against what I said earlier, but filming is so much easier now. So I mean, in, in that aspect, it is nice to be able to have kids to be able to have that outlet. At the at their fingertips, anytime they want, they can film a full length video if they wanted to. If they wanted to put that work in, they don't have to go buy the craziest setups. And no, rigs. and it's and it's cool just to have it as like a gateway experiment. You can kind of be like, I'm enjoying filming with my phone. Maybe this is something I'm into. Maybe I could step it up without having to go dive in and make a thousand dollar investment to try something. Fair enough. Yeah, that's you know? that's a great point. I'll bet a lot of these uh, campers out here right now that are shooting photos and making videos and stuff. I'll bet a lot of them had a smartphone, an iPhone before they were out at camp doing this. Absolutely. You know, I mean, iPhones have been out like what, 10 or so years now. A lot of these kids probably don't know a time without iPhones. You yeah. and I, you and I certainly do. We're both very old, especially you, but thanks. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean though? In that Absolutely. Aspect, like, no, I agree completely. I was talking to somebody recently about, um, putting a clip on Instagram versus putting a clip, uh, in a video or saving it or whatever. And it was like, I don't think people understand that a lot of these uh, these kids, these up-and-coming writers and whatnot, don't know a time without Instagram. That's, right. that's just the reality that we live in right now. And if a writer's 15, 16, 17 years old, Instagram's, what, probably seven or eight years strong or something like that? Like, as long as they've been on a bike, this has been their outlet. So, you know, it's hard to to not see things from their perspective when that's always been there. That would be like if when we first started putting out VHS as someone was like, I can't believe you're not doing the laser disc. It's like, no, it's always been VHS, man. You know what I mean? Like, right. like everybody has their own different reality, you know, and this is the reality that's going on right now. And we can learn from what we came from, but I think we're, we're all, all these, all these new younger up and comers are coming. Like got to respect it, man. You know, you got to respect that Instagram has always been there for them, whether it's YouTube's always been there for them. Like these things are their norm. Right. Yeah. That's great. It's it's hard from being as old as well. I'll just say I am. How old are I, you? 
I don't want to say. 36? Uh, 37. 37? No, wait. You were right. 36. I'm 37 next month. See, I plan ahead. Thanks. Appreciate <laughs> it. Well, this isn't going to be uh, uploaded for a little while anyway, so I could be 37 by the point this comes out. But anyway, uh, I think that's, uh, that is a hard thing to remember and grasp that their life, they this is what they know. This is how they are. But we remember before this. So we are kind of of the old school generation where we say, oh, remember when it was like this? Wasn't that so much nicer? Yeah. Uh, but these kids, they don't even have that. They, this is all they know. So, yeah. so this is, we, we, I personally forget that a lot. So I think that's a, a good thing. That's a good reminder. So, um, but I definitely think it's, like I said, it's that way with everything. It's not yeah. just BMX. This is life. You know? This is life. Yeah. No matter what, you know, like basketball players are, have huge followings on social media. You know, it's like their outlet to, to break news and stuff. It's just, it's what we have now. Right. And it's pretty crazy, you know. And one thing kind of going back to along these same lines of the conversation, I can't remember who it was, but somebody made a comment about how there could not be the Beatles today. Right. Oh, absolutely not. Everything is so diluted. There could never really be an iconic band like that. And I think the Beatles mirrors maybe like a like a Van Homen, Criminal Mischief Van Homen could not exist today. Right. This this kind of god of our sport. Um you know, just in the sense of there's so much out there, and I think everybody's brought down to earth because of this. I think it's a gift and a curse. I like the idea of iconic artists and whatnot, but at the same time, like, you know, there's just more of it out there. It's just where we are now. But it's kind of crazy to think that the way the media, for better or worse, could create icons in the past is kind of gone. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, for, for better or worse, like you said, the, the market is kind of saturated with it. And, and, all markets are saturated with yep. everything because there's just so much content, music, yep. music, social media, every, everything. This, the market is saturated. There's so much out there for these people to consume. Uh, there's just so much entertainment to watch and listen to and experience to where it's hard to say this is my favorite band. And I'm, I think this kind of came up a few times in the past when uh, some of our superheroes have passed away. Dave Mira, Kevin Robinson, some of these guys. And after that, they were my superheroes back in the day. Yeah. Like back in the day, they were the people I looked up to. They were the people in the magazines. They were the people that I say, that guy is a legend. He's a superstar. He is my superhero. Who do you think kids are looking up to now? Who is a superstar? Is there a superstar anymore? I mean, there are so many. Are you many. talking about in BMX? In B I'm, I guess I'm pigeonholing it more towards BMX. I mean, skateboarding, if you're familiar. Do you know how many times you've said pigeonhole in a short conversation? I would say two or three. I just I learned. I was thinking four. Four? All right. I'll go back and I'll have somebody count. <laughs> But what do you? I mean, do you think there's some relevance to to what I'm saying though? Like, do well, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta shine some light on Garrett Reynolds. Obviously, Garrett's on another level, and and he's consistent. He's been around for a long time. You know, his career's already lasted a long time. He kind of turned pro when he was like 16 on Redline. Right. You know, so Garrett's Garrett's a veteran of the game already, even though yeah. he's young. Um, I mean, on the on the competition side, you got to look at you know Nyquist is still active. You know, I, I don't know if he gets the respect he deserves, but, uh, you know, in South America, he certainly does. But Dares deserves a lot of respect. Um, anybody that can do something that long is incredible. Um, you know, are there going to be icons like Dave Mira? Probably not. But is there going to be another Tony Hawk in skate? I don't think so. You know, it's 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 complicated. And I don't know. But, I mean, there's definitely these these standout guys. You know, we, we are fortunate to have incredibly talented guys fully dedicated to BMX and making it as good as it can be. So we kind of, you know, play the cards you're dealt. That's what we got. We got Garrett Reynolds. I wouldn't change that for anything. That's that, just having that dude exist and put time and effort in the BMX. is such a gift to all of us. I can't believe you know? he's still doing it as hard as he was. You as know, the, hard biggest, as he the is. biggest one right now, in my, my humble opinion, 
the most impressive thing in all of BMX right now is Corey Martinez. Yeah. Corey Martinez has been pro for so long, and he still is, and he's like mid-30s now, and he's literally doing new progressive like technical street moves. He just won the X Games, real BMX thing. Like, it blows my mind that when I was like 17, that dude had a part in like Wide Awake Nightmare, which was like the, the best part in the video, the best video ever at the time. And to this day, he's still around. He's not just around doing, you know, he's just hanging out. We're psyched. He's here. He's still progressing. He's still pushing it. It's insane. I I don't get it. I don't know how he does it. He kind of had a rebirth in his life, but what he's doing is incredible, you know? And obviously he's not going to get the accolades that Garrett does. Garrett has so many awards and medals and whatnot. But just the fact that Corey has continued to exist and push things for this long, no other rider has been around that long. It's still progressing. It's still, especially you know, in street. And not not to not to bag on him because he's obviously one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. But Nyquist is still competing, doing the same tricks he was doing seven or eight years ago. Right. You know, and he's still killing it. He can still win any contest out there. But you look at like Corey Martinez, it's like you're still progressing street riding. You're progressing a young man's game. Yeah. Yeah, he's holding it down, that's for sure. That's awesome. That's got to be such a great feeling, though. I, I'm sure that's a lot of pressure for him, too, though, I'd have to admit. It's tough, man, because where the industry stands, I don't think he's necessarily recognized or compensated the way he should be. Yeah. I think, you know, he's off, been off Etnies for a while. He's been uh, he's off Red Bull. Like, there's a right. few little things like that, which I don't agree with, but I don't know the ins and outs of the deals and whatnot. But I'm like, man, like whatever somebody could do to recognize this guy this is incredible right yeah absolutely no he definitely deserves a lot but as far as superheroes if you're not paying attention there's your guy Corey martinez there you go well do you think kids will appreciate these these guys the same way they would probably not i'd assume i think that uh you know that's that's my era like i said he was in the video when i was 17 that blew my mind so the riders that are in the videos today and, and blowing up today when they're still doing that when they're my age I think that'll be their Corey Martinez. Right, that's true. So do you think Corey would be your superstar? Well, my, my favorite of all time is Chris Doyle. Chris Doyle. Um, but as far as who I'm most impressed by today, um, yeah, man, Corey Martinez. Wow. Just especially that longevity, man. That's insane. That's awesome. I have a lot of favorite riders and whatnot, but that one really impresses me the most. That's awesome. Well, I have a couple questions that I like to ask everybody, and I'm not saying we're necessarily going to stop this soon. We'll see how it goes, but uh, just getting close, I feel. I have a couple questions I like to ask everyone, just see what everyone's take on it. If you could techn- if you could hypothetically go back in time, if Doc Brown came with a DeLorean and said, hop in, let's go to when you're 18 years old, what advice would you give yourself? I'd just say who won, like, Super Bowls and just do some fraudulent bets. So you do the Back to the Future 2 scheme. Was it, were they betting on sports? Yeah. That, oh, cool. I thought I was original. You were original. Um, if I went back in time, what advice would I give myself? Um, don't, uh, I think really uh, appreciate um, money you make doing this. None, none of this is promised. We're very fortunate. Money's not everything, but it certainly keeps the lights on. Uh and I've had a couple of years where I've probably blown money on stupid things. Never nearly as bad as some of these people. I'm not in debt or anything, you know, but there's, you know, been a couple of years where I probably went a little bit too hard, but, uh, I don't know, but I haven't been totally irresponsible with that. You know, maybe, uh, travel more. I travel a lot as it is, but I kind of really buckled down a couple of years ago and was like, let's, let's ride this wave, you know? Yeah. Fig- find a way. There's always a way to do things. Um, start flying with one airline earlier. Oh, there you go. I mean, it's hard. It costs money, but like, 
that's something I hold in a couple of years, and that's a game changer. Is that right? A huge game changer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is that? Just because of all the benefits you get from just because staying loyal to you one. You know, just the benefits. You know, getting bumped the first class a lot and stuff makes it a lot easier to work on the plane. I do a lot of work on airplanes. Um, also, just earning miles on the flight. When you get a higher status, the reward miles you get are huge. To where like I have enough miles stacked right now where if nobody bought me a plane ticket, I could still do exactly what I do right now for like at least a year and a half, you know? Wow. Like probably 10 international trips a year and whatnot. Uh, it wouldn't be first class, but I could I could get there, you know? Right. Um, I think that's one thing. It's difficult because sometimes you go to book a ticket and the United flight is 500 bucks more, you know? And it's like, you kind of got to look at the longevity though. So it's like, okay, it's 500 bucks more, but I'm going to get this many reward miles. If I save 500 bucks over here, I, uh, there's no rewards or anything. And these $500 more is the equivalent of a plane ticket to a, a, a domestic plane ticket, which would be a couple hundred bucks. You know what I mean? So there's, there's games and balances and stuff. That's one thing I wish I had done more earlier on. Right. But, I mean, beyond that, man, I'm, I'm a pretty great guy. I'm pretty psyched on me. That, I would have to agree with that statement right there. But no, all. I mean, always, always, you know, work hard, read more, keep an open mind. Uh, you know, I think, everybody is good at something and knows something and everybody has their own perspective. And as much of that as you can, you can take as your own or at least try to understand, like you're just going to be smarter and better at what you do, you know? Right. Well, I think that wraps it up. Is there anything you'd like to say? Anything you'd like to add? Uh, I went to Woodward, Mexico and it was tight. Super tight. That's awesome. Well, I like Woodward. Hey, Woodward, you're cool. Thank you. All right. And thank you, Kyle. Appreciate you coming on. Woodward, everyone, thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. I, got, um, I have more things to say. Okay, go on. Um, John Saxon's a great guy. I appreciate that. Thank uh, you very much. Thank you to Woodward for uh, all the years of, of coolness. I've been to every Woodward other than Copper. You know, I went to uh, Live By West, you know, been to East a handful of times, been to Tahoe, went to China, went to Mexico, and, and Woodward's been incredibly generous and and you know supportive of of myself of vital bmx and everything that we do and uh it's much appreciated and what they do for bmx you know to be uh doing a lot of work alongside such an iconic organization that you know has been around my entire time and bmx is awesome so thank you to woodward for uh having me out here and if you like to listen to stuff i have a podcast and it's probably better than this one because it's hosted by me and i'm a great guy it's called the rollback search it on itunes guests include Dennis Anderson and Daniel Dares and Van Homan and Jamie Bestwick and Larry Edgar and all of BMX's finest. So listen to that if you care about it. And if you see me somewhere, buy me a gift. I will buy you a gift. I'm going to buy you a cheesecake later this afternoon. I don't eat cheesecake. I didn't. Well, I'll buy it for you and I'll eat it then. I'll re-gift it. There you go. You re-gift it to me. So have you really been to all the Woodwards then? Not copper. Not other than copper. You've been yes. to all of them but other than copper. Yep. What was your favorite then? Because you started out with me asking my favorite. I would probably say East. East. And I don't know how much of that has to do with everything that's here and how much it has to do with it's been an iconic location throughout my entire life, you know. Um, but there's, you know, the most stuff here. And it's just, it's really a way. You know, I think whenever I go to uh, to West, I'll stay one night or no nights, you know. So I think really being here and being able to uh, be away from everything, really focus on what we're doing is cool. Yeah. Well, but, I mean, the other, the other ones are incredible, man. Riviera Mayo was a trip. Super cool experience. Uh, uh, you know, and China's China. China <laughs> is China. That's right. Well, that is one thing about, about coming out to East, whether you like it or love it or hate it or whatever, is you really you don't have a lot of phone reception. You really are kind of stuck. And not stuck is a bad word, but you're kind of out here and forced to 
concentrate on what you're here for, whether yep. it's work or ride or just having fun or, or whatever. It really does kind of make you just enjoy the peacefulness that is that is the middle of Amish country, central Pennsylvania. Remember that Weird Al song, Amish Paradise? <laughs> I play it every day on my way into camp. Do you actually? Not really, but I, cool. I think it in my head sometimes. That was a good album. It was bad so hair bad. day. Bad hair day. And he had like the Coolio hair. You know what I'm talking about. Right? I know exactly what you're talking about, and you're you're making me feel even older than I already do. But uh, I think that's a great way to end it right there on Weird Al. Shout out to Weird Al Yankovic. Thank you very much, Weird Al, for all your years of, of uh, funny songs. Thanks for hilarity. listening. For more on this, check out weirdalyankovic.com. <laughs> Buy my new album. And uh, make sure to like us, uh, share us, tell your friends, clap, or tell your friends, or uh, share some gum with them. Uh, thank you guys very much. We'll see you soon. Shout out to Snake. Mr. Snake. <laughs>